Hello, it's Mandy. And this is Dana. And uh, we're here to talk about Wells Krauser, the man in the red bandana. The man in the red bandana. This, um, go ahead. Well, I just, this is important to me because uh, we were talking about Wells a couple of weeks ago together. Um and it's a name that comes up around here quite a bit because he's, if you don't know, he's a 9-11 hero, and you will know by the end of this. A civilian hero. Civilian hero. Truly a civilian hero who didn't want to be labeled a hero, just doing everything that came to him at the moment, everything that he had kind of prepared for his whole life. He was life. an equities trader, but he was also a volunteer firefighter. firefighter. But my motivation for this podcast is I was talking about Wells... Uh, Ramey Crowther at work, and nobody knew who he was. So here we go. We're diving in. So we're just trying to make more awareness about him. I know there are several, probably several, several videos about him, but um, maybe someone will stumble across this and listen to what we're saying about what he did and how noble and brave. Extremely. Um, in the face of death, he just faced it and said, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can, even if I have to die. I will help somebody else. So in... Cla- what is that What is that phrase? Which there's, one? There's no... No greater love is this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Or but his even, fellow men. But even more so is this, that a man would lay down his life just for his fellow men. You know, so the greatness of Wells is that these were people he didn't know. And the strikingness to, um, I think what struck me the most about Wells was um, his brother, uh, my brother, I'm sorry. Um, Sorry, I get like really emotional about this, but um, he looks a lot like my big brother. I I can attest to that. We've seen pictures side by side, he and looks it's um, like uncanny almost. Uncanny is a good word. It's remarkable, the similarity. Um, so I know, like my brother, doesn't he? He wouldn't work in a high rise. I don't think anyway. He he's always worked in like like I mean not skyscrapers but big buildings, but nothing like the World Trade Center, and um. So. Sorry, I am actually showing my Drew accent. I tried to hide it. I don't want people to know who I am. I really don't. That's okay. Anyway, he he was an equity trader. And the week before 9-11, it was a holiday. And for some reason, he wanted to stick around with his family. Instead of go off with his friends and do something fun. A young man on the weekend decided to stay with his family. And he seemed somber and he actually walked up to his mother and said, Mom, what do you think about this picture of me? And I think it was his graduation picture from Boston College. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's a lovely picture. Um, yeah, so why? Why do you Why do you ask? What, she, do I don't know? think she even asked him. Didn't he make a statement about how he would want that to be a picture that would represent him if something happened to him? No, I don't think he said that. I think it was implied. 
Oh, it's kind of the understanding between mom and son. Because mm-hmm. she talked about it later, that she felt that this was an important picture. And it is the picture that represents him sometimes when when he's talked about in a newspaper article or or a story. So, as a kid, his father always used a bandana. He said he had a handkerchief in his top pocket, and then he used a handkerchief... In his back pocket. In his back pocket. And that was... One was for show, and one was for, like, blowing your nose. One's for showing, and one's for blowing. The classic statement. Yeah. And so he got a red one, and he always carried it with him. I think the first picture I saw of him in it, he looked about eight years old. He was a little boy. It was either five or eight that his father got him one for his birthday, and he never not had one for the rest of his life from that point forward. Yeah, Always. Never, never, never took it off. And his uh, his father replaced it several times, you know, when, when it would get worn out. So. so we did a video, we did a podcast about um, Tanya Head and how she claimed that he saved her. She was never even there. So that was a big disgrace and horrible to the family. And I hope that Agreed. that she is still in shame for that. I hope she is, feels shameful, but I don't know if she does. No, if she was able to pull off the ruse that she pulled off and called herself a victim of 9-11, I'm going to guess she's not. Because that was only an element of her story. The Wells moment was only an element of her story, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe she's not shameful, but, but she should. But eighteen other actual confirmed victims of nine eleven on the seventy eighth. Well, they would have been victims. Sky lobby because of him, they weren't victims. Well, they were victims, but he saved them. He saved their lives. Um, so <clears throat> they were on the seventy eighth tower. I don't know how he got down that far, but. He did somehow. He got down there. I think he was on... And please, do not misunderstand me or or uh, Diana. But um, we are not reading out actual facts to you. We're just trying to remember. Um, I think he was on the 104th floor. I don't remember. I know that it was above the 80th floor. Yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure. But he got to the Sky Lobby. He got to the Sky Lobby where everybody said was impassable. Yeah, and there and were, he there found were, a way. He said, he he said way. if anyone can help anyone, help them. If anyone cannot be helped, do not. You have to go now. And I found a way down. I have found a way. I found I a found way down. I found the stairs. And so, um, then... So a a bunch of people came out saying, because his mother was so scared and confused, of course, when he went missing, because he had left a message. He shot a simple message, Mom, I'm fine, don't worry, I'll talk to you later, kind of a thing. Yeah, and he sounded very calm. He sounded very, very calm. And then, um, but then he carried a woman on his back all the way down from the 78th floor. Someone whose legs had been damaged in the the physical, actual plane crash, the, the, the throwing of debris had disabled this woman's legs. He carried her down. And then he went back. And then he went back. 
I think he went back, and we won't ever, ever know how many times he went back because they say three times. They say three. I would say probably four times, five, but because of... If he went back at least three times and got those people safe, he definitely went back again. And at some point in his in his heroic actions, the the tower collapsed and at some point. And he did not get out. This is why my um, my serv- my post traumatic stress disorder service dog wears a red bandana. It's for him, because um, they said out of nowhere a man in a red bandana, he put it over his face to keep out the debris. And this is how his mother found where he was at at first because they hadn't heard a thing from him, mother or father, uh, no more phone calls. And they both believed that he had died being heroic. They knew that he would do something to be a savior to people. And they found an article in the New York Times about a man appearing from the smoke with a red bandana. And there were a couple of survivor stories that corroborated that a a red bandana man appeared from the smoke saying, I found a way. And so because of that gift from his father when he was a boy, that thing that he would not do without, because of that it became a marker for him in the calamity. It became a marker for him in the bedlam when everybody was trying to grab onto something, when everybody was looking for a way out, a way down, a way away to get out of this entire situation. There was Wells with his red bandana, and nobody knew his name which is more heroic than I can. You know, like he didn't even introduce himself. He just came in authoritatively. If you can help somebody, help, help them. them. If, if you, you can't, can't, we got to get out of here now. I found a way. You need to follow me. He carried a woman. He went back. He helped more people. He went back. He helped more people. He went back. And then he was eventually found with the, uh, what would you call it? a triage station at the bottom of the tower. Yeah. And telling and interesting and perhaps a blessing, and I would call it a blessing, he's one of the few bodies that was trapped in the tower collapse that was found... Intact. 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 Which is a blessing for the family because a lot of the family only got, like, maybe, like, a smidge of... I don't want to be graphic, so just just a little bit of something. You don't have to be graphic, but the truth is, is most families only got a DNA sample to let them know that their loved one was here or there. What was the name of the place where they were gathering all the artifacts? Remember, it had kind of a where the FBI was taking everything. Fresh kills. The fresh kills yard. The fresh kills location. I hate that name, Me but too. it was already named that, so it wasn't like a nine eleven thing. This is a place where the FBI was sorting through literal buckets of debris, just looking. It for, was a landfill. They were looking for the smallest piece of DNA or evidence, and. In some cases, it was only a driver's license with a smattering of blood or flesh on it that matched the driver's license. Or a credit card. Or a credit card. Or or some kind of marking thing, a wallet, an attache case. Something that had a a piece of that person on it. Um, Which is difficult to say, but still a blessing to the family that was able to receive something. But here's Wells, who was a hero that day, told no one his name, body found intact. Very curious, very interesting, much so I would say a divine blessing. 
divine blessing. And um, the mother said that she kind of knew the way he was acting. She said that he thought he was going to be... She said he said that he thought he was about to be a part of something big, but he didn't know what it would be. So this is something important we could even do a completely different podcast about, but uh, many of the people that day or coming up to that day, uh, there's many shared stories of people being solemn, uh, drawn down, and very reflective to to leading up to 9-11, saying and telling their loved ones, you know, I, I really think I shouldn't go to work today or... I think that I'm about to be part of something bigger. There were a lot of people that had premonitions. And there were a lot of people who were late to work. At, for whatever reason, they were spared from that hor- hor- horrific thing that happened. Simply by being late to work. Yes, but it still doesn't make it fair to the people who did make it to work. Like, why couldn't they just have... Uh, I'm not a 9-11 conspiracist, but seriously, why couldn't they all have just been sick that day? Everyone. Yeah, me neither. And we're not going to dig into the conspiracies that surround the ideas of people were missing work that day and whatnot. But the point is, is that 9-11 happened. It was a severe tragedy. And in the midst of everything, there are a couple of hero stories to talk about. But today we really want to focus on Wells, Ramey Crowther, because not enough people know about him. There are a great group of people that do. There's there's a football game in his honor every year. They uh, they uh, they they wrap a trail of bandanas around uh, Central Park once a year in his honor. Uh, they do a lot of things to reflect on this this gentleman's life. This young man, who at one point in his life was a volunteer fireman. No, he was always a volunteer fireman. He was still that. On that day. Okay. But it was like, it wasn't a job. It was a volunteer. Right. So, I mean, you can have a job and be a volunteer, but you have to have a job as well. And that day, that day he was a fireman. That day he did a fireman's job. And he's been inducted as an honorary fireman, correct? Yes. He's got a placard on uh, one of the fire stations. So that's just remarkable. I think it's in Nyack, New York, but I'm not sure. Okay. But we want to we want to elevate the name Wells Crowther, Wells Ramey Crowther, and we want to elevate the life. And we just uh, that's what we're doing today: two friends having a conversation. Join in, listen, please, and spread this name. If you want to know more about them, there's so many other videos available to you. There's so much different information. There's a there's a documentary now, Man in Red Bandana, that you can watch. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but I'm. Oh yeah, we've got to watch that. We do have to watch that, but it's that's a new that's a new documentary, and um, there's plenty of other things uh, on on YouTube, um, on the internet, things that you can look up about. When nine eleven happened, I was so young. I was still in high school, so I wasn't. And the news media in America was not showing the atrocity. Well, there were certain things that they decided not to show on the news, the jumpers and different different imagery. And the people, like, hanging, breaking windows, like, hanging out, stacked, stacked on top stacked. of each other. Uh, Five and six thick, hanging out the window together. 
um, that's horrific, and that's why I am not afraid to say that, um, F jihadis, I'm sorry, I am Catholic, Christian person, and I would never even think to kill anyone aside from that one day set me off so bad that I wanted to join the military, but I was not old enough. Not not yet. I reflect your sentiment. I'm, I'm a Christian as well. Um, and I can't imagine that being protocol for any religion. I can't imagine the the depth of the indoctrination. Well, you, I know there's this thing people are probably going to say is the crusades. Yeah, the crusades were well they they were a reaction to uh, the inquisition. I mean there's a lot of things that happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but this was totally different. And um one thing that's very interesting to me is uh in a personal level my father-in-law, I was married at the time, the week before 9-11, uh, four people tried to get into a flight that didn't have proper identification and they did look, you know... I, I don't want to be racist, but they, they looked a little bit... Um, they were of a Middle Eastern... Middle East, yes. Descent. They didn't look Indian. They looked Middle Eastern. And uh, they weren't let on, so they didn't use Continental Airlines. Right. Because the new Continental Airlines was smart to it. It seems like they were trying out different airlines. Well, sure. If you're going to... If you're going to plan a giant heist, aren't you going to profile a little bit? You're going to... You're going to stock the... Uh, you're you're gonna stock your locations and make sure you find out your weak spots. So yeah, see what you can get through. So Continental was a no go. Yep, good go for Continental. That is now gone. I think they went with Delta and can like. It's a converged. conglomerate. Yeah, you are correct on that. But anyway, um, looking into Wells Crowther, uh, in this video, we'll try to show you a picture of him. And how sweet-hearted he looks. You can just see it in his eyes. Like, he would do anything for anybody. Like, you know... (sighs) That was the dog. I'm sorry. The fighting. They want the same spot. Um, Pesky mutts. They, um... You could see in his eyes, like, he would give the shirt off his back to somebody... Yeah. And it's not like, like he was privileged. They were not they were not poor people. I would call him privileged, sure. He, he was went, he definitely privileged. Went to great schooling. He had yes. uh, parents that you know were able to provide him just about whatever he needed and he had a good job. He was in a good place in life. And actually before his dad said that he thought um I don't want to do this anymore and um uh I want I just want. I think I'm gonna join the, uh, the what is it? The volunteer fire department. No. Oh, oh no, he didn't want. Yeah, he didn't F- want to do that anymore. So he decided. FDNY. To get in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 
he knew something was happening. There's other stories about it. Um, if you want to pick up this book, it's called Messages, and it's from Bonnie McEnany. Oh, Messages from Bonnie McEnany that talks about all the people that had premonitions. And then even after visits. the fact, they started to visit. And there's so many stories from Wells' mom, from his mother, about the visits. And she expects his visits regularly, like he doesn't quit visiting. And that's remarkable. But Eamon McEnany and, and he are both two that are quite on my mind a lot. We could do a completely separate podcast about McEnany. Yes. But today we're talking about Wells Crowther. Please look him up. Please make him a name in your mouth. When you think about somebody who is a reflection of a hero, he's it. Because it's, it's Wells Crowther. Yeah, it's definitely Wells Crowther. Because he was a hero who didn't seek heroism. He was a hero that told no one his name and just did what he needed to do. Right. There was no time for name giving and... No like, cordialities. Yes, there was no time for that. He was there for pure rescue. Let's get you the heck out of here now before everything goes completely bad. I can save you and I'm going to. And the only saving grace is that he was one of the only few people who was intact when found. Remarkable. One of the only people. Because everything else in the buildings and the people were just everywhere. In pieces. Just all over. And it must have been very hard for the the first responders and the people at Ground Zero to mm. figure out who was who. Who was on the plane? Who was in the building? Who is this? Who is that? And it took a long time. It took months and months. It really did. Just to sort everything out. And I really, personally, I don't know what your feelings are about this, but I don't think they should have built another tower there. I think it should have been a a memorial. The memorial, amazing. Absolutely amazing. The underground museum and the giant reflecting pool, fantastic. Yes, but I don't think they should make another target. Yeah, they kind of made another target. And isn't that the hubris of the U.S.? Isn't it? I mean, like, oh, you knocked us down one time, we're going to show you... I don't think that was a good idea. I I don't know. I mean, if you disagree, go ahead and say so. But I think it was not a good idea, and I don't think it's respectful to the dead. I would agree with that. I would, agree. I would personally agree with that 100%. And it's a beautiful building. You've seen it, right? It's really oh, well... well constructed um yeah being a steel engineer construction worker um fitter it's a it's a great building it's a good construction it's handsome with its beveled edges it's almost got a diamond cut to it yeah it's got like it goes in to uh it's like it tapers it tapers almost to a point yeah on each side I don't, it's just, it it is beautiful, but... It's bezel cut, kind of like a diamond, like a gem. It's another target, and I don't think it should have been built. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody's taken a quote-unquote pot shot at it yet. Or maybe maybe there's something in the works, who knows, I hope not. I sure hope not. And if anyone turns another blind eye to it, I swear to God, I'm still in the age to join the military, and I will beg them to send me anywhere 
And she's a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> to anywhere I can take somebody out for doing something like that or being a part of it. Because that's just disgusting. And I know a lot of people think Americans are disgusting because uh, we attack, oh, we bomb things that aren't real. I, it, everyone says everything is fake news, so you never know, do you? Hmm. I agree with that. True that. Anyway, so Wells Ramey Crowther, American hero, forever and ever and ever. In our hearts and hopefully in yours. The man in red bandana. All right. Thanks for joining in this conversation. Thanks for listening to Sweet and Savory. Thank you. Goodbye. It's Mandy. And Dana. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.